trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. Good people, and welcome to the latest episode of the Get Happy with Jay podcast. I'm your host, Jatan Woods, or Jay's just fine. Today, we're going to be talking all about good brain health. Our special guest is going to tell us how true happiness is having your brain in balance and at peak performance. Sadly, each of us have either had a relative or known of someone who suffered from Alzheimer's disease or dementia. According to the Alzheimer's Association, one in nine adults 62 years of age or older has some form of dementia. By the age of 85, the ratio is one in two. The signs of brain deterioration can be going on anywhere from five up to 30 years before an individual is officially diagnosed. If you're tired all the time, sluggish, falling asleep in the middle of the day, forgetting names, events, etc. Your brain is telling you something. It's not happy and therefore you probably aren't either. The good news is that there's hope. Alzheimer's and dementia are preventative. You can age successfully and we're about to learn how. Our guest expert is Janet Rich Pittman. Janet is a licensed dementia administrator and certified dementia practitioner. She's a co-founder of Gulf Coast Dementia Services, a nonprofit dedicated to advocating for senior health and has served as the vice president of its board of directors. She's also the co-founder and co-facilitator of the Alzheimer's Dementia Support Group of South Alabama, for which she was trained and vetted by the National Alzheimer's Association. She's also creator of Brain Quiz and author of nine signs you're experiencing brain drain and how to keep your brain fully charged. Welcome, Janet. Hey, Jatan. It's so good to be with you. And you too. And I am always excited to speak with especially such accomplished and knowledgeable women. We're all about girl power here. And your <laughs> resume is beyond impressive. Well, thank you so much. You've got to get the brain going, right? Absolutely. Keep producing. And I just, I'm excited that you do have such a message of hope because just the idea of Alzheimer's and dementia, it can be depressing. In talking to some of my friends and coworkers leading up to this interview, I told them what my subject was going to be and they were so excited. This is probably one of my most anticipated episodes, but there's also always kind of like this fear because I told them that you have this brain quiz that you can take that kind of tells you where you're at with your brain health and they were all kind of unanimously scared to even go there. They're like, I don't even know if I want to know. So um, I, I know that uh, we are going to uh, demythify and demystify the, the fear with this as well. So that's going to be good. But can we kind of begin at the beginning? Why is this such a passion for you and have these conditions touched anyone in your life? Oh, sure. And that's really how I got started. Um, my job was pulled out from under me oh, about 10, 15 years ago. And um, I lost it. And so I, I was pondering and floundering around for a good 18 months. And, you know, I was too old. 
um, they, you know, they thought it would be too too much money, ask too much money, and then I was not young enough. They wanted to train me, and it was like, I'll work for free. Just let me, let me get me back in the workforce. Right. And so my mother, God love her, you know, mothers are so wonderful. She says, Honey, you were so good taking care of your grandmother when she had dementia. Um, you know, we didn't know it was a term back then, but she said, you are so good taking care of her in the nursing home. Why don't you look into that? And I was mm-hmm. like, Mom, you're right. I maybe could do some good there. And so I did. And so I went back to school, and I did a residency and an internship and um, was in a number of hospitals and, and facilities, and I became a dementia administrator, and then shortly after, a dementia practitioner. But what what got me to where I am now, Jatan, is the fact that, you know, it takes its toll. Because when you, when you work in a dementia facility mm-hmm. and when you work in a nursing home, I mean, it's nothing but a waiting room. Yes. I mean, and to be honest with you, actually, it's really a torture chamber because the families go through such grief and... Mm-hmm. It's just so awful for them. I mean, when, when your mother doesn't know who you are, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the one person in this world who tr- truly loves you amongst everything and anything unconditionally. And when they don't recognize you, it's like, you know, it's like your life is, is not worth it anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's horrible. And I, to be honest with you, it, it took its toll on me. I mean, I would get, I would, you know, I don't know a stranger. And so it, it, it's very difficult. I would get emotionally attached to not only the patients, but the families. Mm-hmm. And just seeing everything they went through, so I'm a kind of I don't I don't want that to happen on my watch. And so I yes. get the research books. But mm-hmm. what was so funny was while I'm, I'm researching and figuring out what's going on in my patients' brains, you know, you're trained how to take care of people, but you're not trained why this is happening. Mm-hmm. So I hit the research again, and while I'm doing all the research as well as working, I'm sluggish. I'm not really at my at my peak, and I am my love handles. You know, on, on my hips, they're they're and so love handles are turning into 50-pound barbells, mm-hmm. and I'm sluggish all the time, and I'm falling asleep at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm, I'm like, wow, what's going on? And long story short, I, through all the research, I realized that while my patients' brains are on fire with dementia, my brain was slowly simmering, mm-hmm. and, and de- dementia was developing, and, and that's the problem. When we are in our... Even even in our 30s, our 30s and our 40s, we, we've got to take care of our brain so that we can be at our peak performance. Yeah, I was going so to ask you, do now. when should we begin to be concerned about our brain health or pay more attention to it? You said 30s, so even earlier, I imagine, than that. Well, to be honest with you, your brain is, is at its full development by age 26. You know, when we're 22 and 23, we're still forming our brain. Um, 26 is the, really the magic number. Mm-hmm. And so after 26, we've got to keep it at a level a level pace or slowly it, it declines, slowly but surely as we age. And so we can fight it. We can continue to be as peak and vibrant and vivacious as we were in our 20s um, as, as, we, as, we old, as we age and we, we go up the line, go up the adding years to our lives. I was really intrigued by um, reading your website and how you said that Alzheimer's actually is not a brain disease. Can you talk about that and tell us why? Yeah, I'd be glad to. You know, well, let me get back to your other question, too, and we'll segue into this, this second question. When, when you, in your 30s and your 40s, and, okay, granted, you're, you're not getting your sleep, but why aren't you getting your sleep? You know, mm-hmm. is it because you're purposely not getting your sleep, or, or are you tossing and turning in your bed, you know, and then, then the next day you're just, you're drained, you can't function, 
or is it is it another sign that you're you're not doing so well when your your brain is your emotions or your emotions completely off the chart or are mm-hmm. they are you lacking emotion so some signs that you want to look for are are you, is your action are you not really on full course and if you're not on full course then something may be going on with your brain mm-hmm. and and the first thing i do when, when i educate people and i talk to people and i counsel people is i talk to them about what are they eating you see it really every di- disease and and problem that we have really starts with our gut it's mm-hmm. what we eat that's so true and not only do we have a head brain but just in the last two years it's just come out maybe even a little bit later than that we've just realized science is telling us that we have two brains we have a gut brain and a head brain and we produce more neurons excuse me more neurotransmitters in our gut than we do in our brain and neurotransmitters are messengers which travel throughout our body to tell our body to perform. Mm-hmm. And that's directed by our head brain and our gut brain. So when we don't eat right, then that kind of makes our brain not func- our head brain not function correctly. That makes sense because if what you're eating is affecting other parts of your body, then quite naturally it's going to affect your brain too. Because I know even with me, I can tell when I eat things that I shouldn't. Um, I may retain water in the body or have these other things or be sluggish. I'm like, yep, there's definitely a connection to what you eat. You know, and we always, we, we, every one of us know deep down inside that there's a gut-brain connection. I mean, like when we've got to prepare for a speech and, and, or we've got a, a meeting coming up or we've got to have a discipline session with our children and the teacher, you know, our gut tightens up. For some of us, if it, you know, we get, we, we get nauseous, we vomit. Mm-hmm. So if, it, if this aggravation and, and, and difficultiness in our gut keeps going, we'll get diarrhea. I mean, it's, it's a problem. So we've always known, really deep down inside, we've got a gut-brain, head-brain, gut-brain connection. But just now, it, we're understanding that really what we eat causes us to not perform correctly. Mm-hmm. Great, a great example for you. A fun, fun story. You know, we're I'm at I'm at a, a conference with my husband, and um, he like yesterday for lunch we we bro- he broke the session and we came together for lunch. We went down and he had a shrimp fried shrimp po' boy and French fries, <laughs> and I had peeled shrimp and carrots and celery. And so he I came back up up to to work and he went into the conference. And he came back about two, about two hours later, about two thirty, three o'clock, and he said, "I got to lie down." I was like, "Honey, are you okay? What's wrong?" He's like, "I don't know. I just don't feel so good." He had to lay down. I'm thinking, "What's going on here?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, honey, what, lunch? That's your lunch. Is telling you <laughs> it's not making you happy." Absolutely. So there was a stark difference in your lunch and in his, and his, of course, had fatty breaded shrimp. So is fat a big part of the connection here? Yes, as well as the fried potatoes, as well as the, mm-hmm. really the number one thing was that huge Kaiser roll that he had the po'boy on. Uh-huh. Y- you see, we were talking about how food really drains you. Well, the two most prominent foods that drain your brain, that really cause brain damage over time, is gluten and sugar. Mm. And now, now we all know, well, of course we're not going to go eat a you know, we're not going to go eat a candy bar. We're not going to munch on peppermints all day. Okay, we, we, we kind of know that sugar's out there and it's bad. But what we don't realize is that those French fries and that Kaiser roll, those are all sugar. 
You see, they're a simple carbohydrate, and so we're going to digest that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have much nutrients. We're going to quickly go through our system, hit our liver, and it's going to turn into sugar, and then it's going to immediately turn to fat. So that that is the problem with sugar. It's not so much eating eating a spoonful of sugar in your coffee. It's it's the bread. It's all the simple carbohydrates. And sugar is everywhere. I have a um, a friend now that she's looking into possibly doing a a keto diet. And so she is really on high alert for carbohydrates and sugar. And she came into my office the other day and she was like, Jatan, sugar is everywhere. As I'm looking at my diet, there's sugar even in places that I didn't know there was sugar. (laughs) So it's everywhere. And, And when you say everywhere, everywhere is processed foods. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the ketchup that he put on those french fries yesterday, loaded with high fructose corn syrup. And that's a syrup that's made from corn. It's a, a simple additive to sweeten and make things taste good. Mm-hmm. And it, it, just like your friend, it's everywhere. And so what you want to do is hopefully she can kind of understand this too, is just stay away from processed foods. Mm-hmm. Sugar does, does two bad things to your brain. It, it, even though you don't have diabetes, diabetes 1 or diabetes 2, it causes insulin resistance in your brain. You see, your pancreas, as well as your brain, creates insulin. Mm -hmm. And when we shoot our brain with tons of sugar, it's like, look, can't do this anymore. You know, I'm tough. Well, I'm not getting these nutrients in this brain thing here. I'm just not doing it. And your brain becomes insulin resistant, which is a pre-diabetes condition. So you, you're starving, really, your brain from yeah. getting good nutrients. That's the number one thing. That and I'm does. seeing that more and more people that they are being diagnosed with being insulin resistant. And, and myself as a woman, I have suffered from PCOS. And uh, most of us that have that are insulin resistant. And I just see it more and more often, especially in women. It's really a problem. There's a quick remedy, and the remedy is just get off the sugar. Now, it's going to take a couple of days. I'm going to say a good 14 to 21 days. Yeah. But you know what? You can do it. I mean, if I can do it, you anybody can do it. I, I, feel, I feel like if I can pull up myself from my bootstraps, anybody can pretty much. I mean, it just takes determination. And it especially really you being a Southerner with all that great food. Anytime we're <laughs> south of the Mason-Dixon line, it's all about the food. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I, in my little in my booklet, the nine signs you're experiencing brain drain. I just say, look, I'm so sorry, but as as painful as it hates this Southern girl to say it, you can't eat fried anything anymore. Yeah, because what happens is to make oil and to make it last and to make it cheap, so it's we can have it feed the world with it. We hydrogenate it, and that means we add an extra hydrogen atom to it. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's good. It it it, it makes the oil last and it's a preservative that's that's fine for the industry but for our stomachs and our brain we've got this extra atom in this molecule floating around and our Mm -hmm. brain doesn't know what to do with it it's like whoa what's up with this and what happens is over time as we eat this bad oil we send our immune system kind of into a slow smothering drive to get rid and try to figure out what to do with this oil and so it it this immune system goes to work and then it turns into hyperinflammation, and we end up eating all the good cells as well as the bad brain cells. Mm-hmm. And, the, and we eat that in our gut as well as in our brain, and that's what leads down the road. That's what leads to dementia. 
Now, you've talked a little bit about some signs that there's something going on with your brain, with the sluggishness, the just not being at peak performance. What are some other things that we need to look forward to to let us know that we need we, to be on high alert? We were talking about the, the food. We were talking about sugar. Mm-hmm. The next thing that, that really that you want to look for is gluten. And we, we all kind of know about the gluten, what's going on with the gluten, and the gluten's bad for you, but we really don't know why. And, and, and what, what, you know, why are we on this gluten rampage all of a sudden? And, and what people don't really maybe realize is that it, it opens up the intestines. It opens up our intestines. Think of your intestine like a sidewalk. And, and the sidewalk that you, you're walking down has the mortar lines, right, the lines in it to connect the two hunks of side of concrete together or the you know the hunks of sidewalk together well what gluten does gluten goes into your into your digestive system into your intestines and it dissolves the mortar it dissolves the lining of your intestines and then it eats up your intestines so you've got these holes in your intestines and what happens well what happens when you got a hole well something goes through it right so we've got mm-hmm. this this food that we're eating say for example we had you know we had a tomato sauce with spinach and and lots of good spices, well, that goes through, it doesn't go through your intestines, it goes through your intestines, it permeates through your intestines, it seeps out of your intestines into your body. And what happens is, again, your immune system kind of kicks in and says, oh, what's all these strangers? Attack, attack, attack. And then over time, when we eat bread all, every day, you know, we have it cereal, and we have it a sandwich, and then we have a dinner roll. We're constantly eating bread all the time. Mm-hmm. And so our, our immune system is on, is on a low simmer every day. And so finally that simmer goes, look, can't do it anymore, can't simmer anymore, we're bowling. We're bowling at this point, and that's when you start eating all the brain cells up. And so that's what makes you sluggish and, and lackadaisical. And with too much sugar and too much gluten really, really plays a role in your mood. It affects your mood. It affects your your personality even it's really it's it really makes its toll takes its toll on your body and and your brain and it's so addictive especially the sugar you know what it, i have read in 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 my research how how horrible sugar is it's worse than cocaine for addiction and and what happens is it turns off your protein sensors and it doesn't let you really absorb a lot of the, a lot of your good protein and your bioflavonoids that you put into your body, all the little good nutrients, micronutrients that you put into your body with fruits and vegetables. I mean, it's 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 a phenomenally awful drug. It truly is. I think Mark Hyman, he is a, a renowned neurologist, and he says that the favorite America's favorite drug of choice is sugar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it is. Well, I'm just happy that we can be out there and maybe spread the word. Yes. That, that you're, when, you're, when you're tired and sluggish and you're not on all cylinders and when you can't grasp meanings of words, and you for, it's not just forgetting things, right? It's, it, that, that, of course, is a problem. But it's, it's your reasoning and your judgment and your able to really gasp a concept. Like in mm-hmm. your work, you can't figure out the spreadsheet. Now, how did these formulas come together? What's going on here? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to look, you've got to think. Now, what, you know, what did I eat for breakfast? What what have I what have I been eating for breakfast? Right, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's something to this, and so hopefully we can get the word out about this. Is exercise something that can help as well? Yes, how does that absolutely. fit in? Absolutely, and 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 that's one of the the brain drains that I talk about in the book. Is you know, d- do you really know if you own a pair of sneakers? You know, you you've got to be active. Tijon, what they're saying is that sitting is the new smoking. 
and 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 that's so true. Your brain loves you to be active because being active helps it get the nutrients that it needs up into the the pests of the brain. It helps helps feed the brain. So you really need to be active. That's a that's a and it's not so much you know running a marathon. That's not it at all. It's taking the stairs. It's walking instead of maybe walking down the block instead of driving. Mm-hmm. It's, it's doing things that having a stand up desk. That's even being active. Yeah, that not, seems huge. That the Vera desk movement. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and um, I, you know, I I've had a, a standing desk for quite some time now, and I'm telling you, even just a standing de- standing desk makes you feel vibrant and energetic because you're sitting down and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't feel my fanny. And so you have to stand yeah. up and you get the you get the blood flowing again. And it's well, better like, for the joints because for me, I have arthritis issues and, and my knees are shot. And I'm telling you, at work, I have to get up every so often and move around or I just stiffen up. It's horrible. No, that's exactly right. And so not only are you doing good for your joints, but your brain too. Your brain loves it. Your brain loves it. You know, something too, we're, we were talking about brain drain and, and maybe something you want to look for. When I speak, I speak all over and, and everyone wants a take home. And so the number one take home that I give to people are, as you know, you've got to be very careful what you put in your mouth. And not only is that food, but that is your dental work as well. Mm-hmm. And so many of us still are still walking around with, with what we call, what used to be termed as silver teeth fillings, right? Yes. And so but the, but they're not silver. They're they're the majority of the fillings that are metal are mercury, mm-hmm. and mercury is an incredible toxin, and and it it's really plays danger to your brain. And so if you have somewhat of a, a an aversion to mercury, and you have mercury fillings, slowly over time that builds, and you can't get the mercury out of your brain. What happens is you eat it. I mean, you you digest the mercury when you mm-hmm. when you have hot coffee or hot tea, or then you have an ice cream. That it, it, it strengthens it and strength, strengthens the fillings and expands the fillings. And so slowly but surely over time, you, you digest a little bit of that mercury. And it, it gets in your brain, and your brain can't get rid of it unless you are active and vibrant mm-hmm. and vivacious and work, and exercise, and eat the right foods, sleep good. You can't get the mercury out of your brain. And so how many time, of us have that? I mean, I did. And as a matter of fact, I had them in my mouth up until maybe I think about four or five years ago, my dentist started removing them and replaced them with uh, with new fillings that are not metal. Right. So and I'm thankful for that because I didn't even think of that as being a problem. And he also hopefully replaced them. And I'm sure he did. If he if he if it was his if it was his watch. He replaced them with good fillings that are that are not the plastic type that have the bad plastic toxins that we we all the BPA and the phosphates. We, we you know we want to make sure the fillings that we replace them with are good as well. And so that I need to check on because I'm not sure. I just know that they're white and they look like my teeth. Well, and you know what? I, but I bet you though, with your dentist, if if he if it was his proclamation that you need to get those fillings out, then mm-hmm. he knew to put in the the good fillings. To replace them with the good feelings, so, so I, I feel I feel like you're you're on the right track. You know something else too, though. People say, well, okay, so I've got these feelings, but you know I'm okay. I'm feeling okay. Well, what what we don't realize is that it's not just one or two items. It's a combination. For example, like mercury, when you combine that with aluminum, 
Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. It is off the charts. That was going to be my next question for you was about aluminum because I have heard and read that that's put that's um, entering another metal into your body and that high concentrated levels of metal, period, are horrible for your brain. And that when they've studied a lot of the brains of people that have had Alzheimer's and dementia, one common thing is these high levels of metal and aluminum is always at the top, like drinking from aluminum cans and all sorts of things. Exactly right. Aluminum in your baking soda. It's all and all in the the, bread, the breaded foods that we eat. Which you know we're going to get hopefully get rid of the bread right, because of the gluten problem. But but yes, you know what's so funny, John? They did a study and they took rats and they fed rats the normal amount of on a pro pro, pro rata basis, of course. Um, mercury. They fed mercury. Mercury that we would eat, that we are con- that we would be conditioning to eat if we had mercury filling. And then they took another set of rats and they gave them aluminum that we normally would eat in a day to day basis based on the foods we eat. It's in the baking soda. It's in the aluminum cans. It's a, a emulsifier. It's a preservative. So so about in each group, about twenty percent of the rats really had some some heavy dementia issues and heavy brain issues. When they combined the mercury and the aluminum and they gave it to the third set of rats, every one of the rats died. It's the combination that we really need to be aware of. And it's not just one or two things. And that's why we've got to, to fight it. You know, okay, we, we have these things that are causing the brain drain. And I go over this in my book. But, but the way we fight it is a combination. We you, you, utilize a combination of activities, eating the right food, exercising, getting our sleep. So there are a number of different counters to the drain, the brain drain. Mm-hmm. And so that's really how, um, hats off to your friend who's going on the gluten-free diet. And that's just, I mean, she's just getting hopefully a start to understand that she can take back her brain and take back her happiness. Absolutely. So you've given us some great clues as to what we can do. Now, if you're already having some pretty serious symptoms of some some brain issues is it reversible yes yes when you have dementia up to the to the mid levels of dementia and and what what's the mid level well a mid level is when you really have completely lost your total cognizance but when you still have some cognizance cognizance left and and you can kind of understand that that you're losing it and hopefully you would have a, a spouse or a, a son or a daughter who could help you through the way too yes you can reverse it and the, the way is to figure out exactly what are the triggers, what are, what are the causes of your brain drain, and why is your cognizance failing. And then when you can get, get, to that, get to that understanding of why, then you can take steps to reverse it. Now, how do you, how do you know? Well, well you, you can start off by eating the right foods, of course, um, but then you'll want to go and do a, a series of deep tests, and you'll fi- need to find a, a doctor, a neurologist, maybe. It, they, they would need to be open to this, but you would need to find a... There's a number of dementia specialists throughout the nation who follow a protocol. It's a Bresden protocol. Dr. Dr. Dale Bredesen is the first doctor to really explain to us, explain to the world how the reversal takes place. And he's he developed a protocol system. You follow his protocol system, and it's based on your needs. Like some, I've seen some patients where mercury is truly their problem, and so. They get the mercury out, we chelate it, we have a special diet, and they take some special supplements and get that mercury out, and then they're, they're good. They're really good. They just, of course, they have to take care of their brain, right? Um, but some other, other patients, the, the food aspect, if they just completely get off the sugar and off the gluten, then they turn around. Now, some others, it, it's a combination of the, the metals and the, the foods. 
and then some others are, are deficient and not brain, excuse me, not blood deficient, but nutrient cell deficient of some substances like B12 or some or vitamin D. And if we can b- boost those up in combination with a good diet, then their cognizance comes back. So, yes, it can be reversed. But you know what? Why get it in the first place? Golly, Pete, let's yeah. just make sure we don't get it to begin with and have a good, good healthy brain. My next question for you was going to be about supplements and um, talking about we always see commercials when they're trying to push products for good brain health that have certain things in it. Are things like DHA and ginkgo biloba and other things, do they actually help the brain, help feed it, or is that hooey? Well, no, no, they, they do. But what people don't realize is it's like if you... If, you, if you're eating ice cream and Doritos for lunch and you're having a bagel with cream cheese for breakfast and um, sandwich for lunch and then dinner you're having a, a big huge steak and a big roll, and, and, I mean, if you, if you don't, you know, you're having that, you're eating that, but then you're taking these supplements, well, they're not really going to work. I mean, you've got to your, get your gut right. You've got to get your gut brain in good function. And so if you can get your gut brain in good function and eat whole foods and have your protein during the you've got to have protein every meal, but not at night, you have a little bit of protein at night. Your, your brain, when you wake up in the morning, your brain is just vibrant. It's ready to go. Well, you've got to feed it. You've got to feed it the protein. And you've got to feed it the, the nutrients, and, and that's through, through fruits and vegetables throughout the day and proteins. And so when you, when you, have, when you change your eating pattern and you eat good and you eat clean, and then you take the supplements, well, yes, they work. Mm-hmm. But when you don't change what you eat and you take the supplements, you know, they might, they, they probably will not work. That's Does that good make to sense? Know. It's kind of yes. like adding gas to gas, it's kind of like adding water to gasoline. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just not going to work. You've you got to have good gasoline. I also have a question about, is there a difference in kind of like the male brain versus a female brain? Like, for example, I'm 49 and admittedly going through like a perimenopause phase. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, this like perimenopause brain, it kind of reminds me of like pregnancy brain, but like times 10. (laughs) And so is there is there help for menopause brain? Because that is really irking me right now. It just seems like that absent-mindedness and irritability is just through the roof with this perimenopause. Well, yes and no. So we all have we all have different systems that, that kind of work throughout our body. We've got an endocrine system, which is our hormones. We've got an immune system, which is the, our cleaning and our detox system. You know, we've got the digestive system. We've got our sleep system. So all these systems have to be in balance and kind of rotate correctly. And, and so what happens is when we, we get into to perimenopause and then postmenopause, and our, our, our endocrine system isn't really working, and even in pregnancy, right, the aspect mm-hmm. of, of pregnancy, our hormones just aren't, they're really off. Now, so, so what we have to do is we just have to make sure we can keep our hormones as level as possible. Mm-hmm. And that, that is part of the brain. Um, your endocrine system, your digestive system, all of these work in conjunction with your, your brain. And so, so if we, we just need to work on getting our endocrine system in balance, like we get to have our sleep system in balance, like we have our digestive system in balance. Mm-hmm. We've got to get everything in balance. And so when you don't have all your systems in balance, 
that kind of makes your brain a little light, like like you were just saying, like your lightheadedness, you know, you're foggy, you're absent-minded. So so we need to work on on our hormones, and 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 that's so ex- exhausting and exhilarating when you go to your OBGYN and they're like, oh, here's this, here's some here's some here's some protein, here's some uh, progesterone for you, here's some estrogen for you. Well, no. How much do I need? I don't need what everybody else needs. I need what I need, right? And then plus there's always these different studies. Like one minute it's saying giving estrogen causes cancer and the next minute it doesn't. And that's all confusing and sometimes scary as well when you get to fiddle around with your hormones unnaturally. Right, exactly. And that's why they've got to be in balance. And yes, the estrogen, extra estrogen does cause cancer, but, but without estrogen, you can't function. You've got to have it. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's got to be the correct balance, and that's where you, you're a good OBGYN or a good functional um, endocrine, an endocrinologist can help you with that as well. And so, yes, that corresponds with your brain health. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything else that we should know and be doing? You've given us great tips about health and and fitness and what we eat. Is there anything else to add to the mix to a better brain? It, you know, it's in your control. It, it's it's you. You you. It's your mindset. You can do this. It's not. You know, we're walking around and then we sprain our ankle. Well, we know we've got to take care of our ankle, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when we're walking around and we're lightheaded and we're we're absent-minded and we just can't can't seem to grasp that spreadsheet and we just retire all the time you know we can we can make a difference we can make the change we can take we've got to take care of our brain so i just it's it you can do it it's out there i'd be glad to help anybody who who needs it and then if you want to talk a little bit more some other time feel free to call me and um that's why i have my my booklet and my brain quiz and be glad to help anybody I can, just to let them know you've got, you, can, you can take back your brain health. You can be a great person and have good happiness with your brain health. Thank you so much for being with us. Once again, our guest today, Janet Rich-Pittman. She has given us great tips and information about how we can prevent absolutely never have Alzheimer's or any form of dementia. It's always important on this podcast that when we address an issue or concern that we offer solutions, and we've gotten plenty of that, and I'm so grateful to you for that, for your information. For more on what you can do for your brain health, please visit her website, JanetRichPittman.com, where you can also download a free e-copy of her booklet, Nine Signs You're Experiencing brain drain and how to keep your brain fully charged so thank you once again and also the information and links to her website and to getting that booklet will be in the description area on the podcast leave us a comment about what we've been discussing today feel free to ask any questions i'll be sure and pass them on to janet also share and subscribe to the podcast so we can continue to grow this happy movement we're getting close to our 49th episode and to celebrate that milestone, which I'm celebrating it because I happen to be 49. I have a great giveaway for you guys. You'll be able to enter a contest to win a great gift basket. It's going to be full of lots of goodies, including books from some of our guests, clothing, um, including a really cute Get Happy With Jay t-shirt and other treats and surprises. You'll hear how to enter that contest in upcoming episodes. In the meantime, as I always tell you, Do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish, it's self-care. And take care of that brain, people. Bye-bye.